Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Where in the Folk. I Whoa. am Reed. We've got Tully up with us here in the northern reaches of the Bluegrass State. And as always, the sexy Cecil. Sexy I am. Sexy I will always be. Where in the Folk uh, are we going today? Today, Where in the Folk are we talking about today, you may ask? I may ask. It's a little triangle that goes by the name of Bennington. And the location, this Benton Triangle, is in the southwestern part of Vermont. It is said to maple center, syrup. <laughs> it's centered. <laughs> it's centered to the Glastonbury Mountain and includes some includes some to most of the area of the towns immediately surrounding, including Bennington, Woodford, Shaftsbury, and Somerset. Which I always thought there was only one Somerset, but apparently there's more. You only thought there was one. (laughs) There was one Somerset down the road, but they've made a liar out of me. Glastonbury and its neighboring township, Somerset, were once a thriving logging community. I'll tell you what, in my youth, I worked at a gas station one summer when I was still in high school. And I had to be at work at 5 a.m., which sucks. But there were always loggers like lined up waiting to get in and get uh breakfast, like they'd already been out for once already that morning with a and were there with a truck full of logs. They saw a decline in the logging industry around there, and so now basically are ghost towns that have been on incorporated by an act of the vermont general assembly of 1937 so they're not officially towns anymore so why are we talking about bend and triangle fellas because weird stuff happens there a lot of missing folks a lot of missing folks and they're like where in the the folk did they go where in the folk did they go there's so many missing folk i can count them on a grip five (laughs) 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 but they all but this all occurred between 1945 and 1950 and the reason that we're talking about this is not just because there's missing folk it's because they're missing folk under unusual circumstances now Bennington triangle was coined in 1992 by new england author by the name of joseph citro citro kind of like the um expansion pack of nuclear world on fallout four uh the guy that lives with yeah. uh apes citro citro yeah citro he uh what is it? you never played fallout 4 you never played fallout four yeah a lot um whenever you're in the amusement park that has like the jungle like the zoo i guess yeah that's living with the apes his name is citro oh okay i would have never remembered that but it's been like three years since i've played it amateur <laughs> well, dude, that, that, that new newer fallout kind of ruined it for me oh yeah fallout 76 blows mandy paid a hundred dollars for it the tricentennial edition we well, if it was what it was supposed to be it would have been, been worth it we've played 15 minutes of it and two weeks after it came out, the tricentennial version was twenty dollars. <laughs> Damn! I was like, "Oops." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, as soon as that dropped, people started breaking that that game hard. Yeah, because yeah. it was the same engine. They basically made Fallout Four and changed the words. Well, the thing is, they made Fallout Four, and it sucks. Like, yeah, it would have been. It's a cool ideal. 
why not have it multiplayer? But it's just too hard to get shit. They're trying to set up a paywall like GTA or something. You can't do that with Fallout franchise. People like running around killing shit. You know what I miss is the old school Elder Scrolls games. Like Oblivion. The last real Elder Scrolls game was Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've put all of these other games out that are fully online like that, and they're just not playable to me. And I'm a I'm an old school person. I like just playing with myself. Yeah, I'm I'm a single player sometimes too. Yeah, I I can sit in there and flip on Red Dead and play with myself for hours. What about me talking to uh, old uh, Arthur Morgan today? That's pretty cool, actually. Shout but, out to Arthur. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I just don't like playing online. I like playing with myself the most. It's so, been. Fine. It's been. 10 years since Skyrim came out. Jesus. I think my daughter has played through the entire game six times. Those I'm, that, may be, that may be not enough. <laughs> she is a Skyrim junkie. Well, it's, it's been way more time since Skyrim came out than when in between like Oblivion and Skyrim. Yeah. Anyway, that's our game talk today. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to these uh, strange occurrences here. Now, the first one did not happen between 1945 and 1950, but it's still considered to be, you know, part of it. It's the start of it, you say, shall say. Pretty close, though. 1943. 1943. Yeah. The year of our Lord. Um, in 1943, Carl Herrick. Is that how you pronounce that? Herrick. Herrick. Carl Herrick was enjoying a hunting trip with his cousin, Henry. 10 miles northeast of Glastonbury town. The two became separated and Carl never returned. Henry found Carl's body three days later in a bizarre scene. Carl. Okay. Re- yeah. Stop. Stop with the bizarre scenes. Hey, hey, hang on a second. <laughs> so I'm looking, cause you just gave me an idea. As soon as we started talking about this, we, cause we've talked about ley lines a lot in the past. Mm-hmm. And, I'm not the greatest at geography, but it, lo- but it looks like a lot of these. So you know how the ley line map looks where there's a lot of cross points all over the planet. Uh-huh. There's a cross point in the, the Northeast of the United States. Well, yeah, there is. Oh, I've got, I've got a theory coming up. Yes, sir. Charles ribs have been broken and it punctured his lungs and the post-mortem indicated that something squeezed us full to death. Bear hug. Do you think that was the big show time traveling? How old was the big show then? I mean, he made, (laughs) (laughs) I think he time travel went back and squeezed this fellow to death. Now, Henry reported that there were three large bear prints around the corpse. However, the experts say a bear would not have squeezed a man to death. That doesn't make sense, though, does it? Because it's a bear hug. Have you guys seen King Kong? We we could jump into Hollow Earth for a second. Oh. If if it's like like how it is in those movies to where going into basically like upside down world and there's a reverse gravity. He could have been crushed trying to go into an entrance or something like that. He very well could have been crushed going into an entrance or um, the big show could have 
Bear hugged him to death. You're going <laughs> to hang on. <laughs> There's something wrong about Paul, right? He's too big and too nimble. <laughs> There's something wrong about him. You know, he used to eat toothpaste sandwiches. What? Huh? In his poorest days, Paul Wright, the big show, used to eat toothpaste sandwiches. He'd put Dude, toothpaste between two pieces of bread and eat it. Ramen is cheaper than toothpaste. I don't know, man. It depends on the toothpaste, I guess. I don't think he was eating like Colgate or nothing. You know? He was like, getting that you know, dollar store stuff. Yeah, like the Great Value brand toothpaste. Which is uh, I wonder if he was a mint or a spearmint kind of guy. I'll say Colgate, like it's some kind of fancy toothpaste. It's like the cheapest toothpaste. <laughs> I don't know, Crest. It wasn't Crest. <laughs> Crest. You know, you can still get the the toothpaste that the original maker, like the founder of toothpaste, made. Really? Yep, that's that's what I I use. I thought it's, it was hog guts and like rocks. No, it's like the, the first person to streamline toothpaste. He was a doctor, but he didn't believe in all the extra chemicals and stuff that go into toothpaste. Well, probably a good idea. Fancy. Ain't you just fancy? And it's really cheap. It's like two two big tubes of it for like eight bucks or something. Jesus Christ, eight dollars for toothpaste? Good lord, that's a lot of money. I can't afford to spend eight dollars a year on toothpaste. You use two tubes of toothpaste in a year? Probably, yeah. Then you're probably using too much toothpaste. Well, I got to eat some of it, make sure it's good. It goes bad. On today's episode of Cecil's Lost His Brains. <laughs> that's essentially like the prelude to the demise of the rest of the people here. So the legend really starts, though, with an experienced hunter and a fisherman by the name of Mitty Rivers on November 12th, 1945. Mitty was leading a hunting party in an area called Hell Holla. Or Holler. Yeah. I think Hell up Holla. there they call it Hollow. Hollow. Hello. It went up there in Hell Hollow. Hell <laughs> Hollow. Do they have that accent in Vermont? Yeah, a little bit. Up there in Maine and New Hampshire, <laughs> Vermont, areas like that, you know. Crap. Down here it'd just be Hell Holler. <laughs> Down here it'd be Hell Holler. <laughs> some people call it hell i call it hades but anyway he was leading this party in the area called hell hollow when uh, he got ahead of the group you know trying to be the badass he was because he's already experiencing everything the hunters realized that he was no longer with them but they's like oh hell that's just midi he's out there having a good old time and uh, they figured that rivers would eventually reunite with them in time However, he was never seen again. The only thing that was ever found after a lengthy search was a spent rifle shell. Did anybody hear a gunshot? No, not that I could find. There was no discovery of any animal attacks, and to this day, his body's still not been found. He just disappeared. Now, the shell was kind of like, if I'm not badly mistaken, it was kind of like laying like next to a creek or something. So maybe. Well, if if it's like a pack of hunters out there and it's hunting season, that wouldn't be like super rare. You know what I mean? Yeah, you hear shots. Yeah, if that everywhere. was a popular hunting area, they you know. So they they rolled out animal attack. He just disappeared. Poof. Now this is uh 
this is something I like to throw in here too. This is kind of connected to the missing four one one. I'd really like to get to a really solid good episode about sometime about what the missing four one one. Oh, the missing four one. How you can no longer get information on four one one. Can you not? I don't know. <laughs> you another conspiracy theory you look over. Now this brings us to a woman by the name Apollo Weldon. Now, on December 1st, 1946, pickup sticks, what may be considered by lore to be one of the most famous of the strange disappearances, is that of Paula. She was a sophomore at the Bennington University, and on this day in 1946. You know, I don't like it when people say sophomore. Sophomore? It's sophomore, okay? Don't say sophomore. Then why in the hell is it spelled sophomore? I don't know. Why, Why is possum spelled with an O at the start? I don't know. Why do you capitalize letters? Why do you in pronounce places? it possum instead of a possum? <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. It's sophomore. It's sophomore. Anyway. Anyway, she was a sophomore <laughs> at Bennington University. And on the first day in December 1946, the 18-year-old decided to head out for a short hike. So she hit, she hitchhiked to the long trail in the Glastonbury Mountains in the afternoon. Now, she's wearing a white, white, red jacket, and uh, by all accounts, it wasn't suitable for the long hike at this mountain because apparently it was cold, you know, it was December. And it was Vermont. And she, so by all accounts, she probably wasn't planning on being out very long. Um, there was a, also another couple there on a stroll on the, on the long trail and they last seen the teenager approximately a hundred yards ahead of them on the path. They watched her turn the corner and then they turned the corner and she was gone. It's gotta be some kind of, there's gotta be some kind of portal or something. Well, you know, this being a pretty popular girl, probably I've seen the picture of her. She was an attractive girl. If you're trying to say that it's like a traditional murder or something. There would have been signs of there would have been like leaves rustled or some kind of sign of a struggle. Blood. Yeah. And that, that's another thing, too. A search party commenced and they had aircrafts, over a thousand people. The FBI, who was probably in their infancy at the time, I would imagine, found absolutely jack shit. They didn't find not a damn thing. Now, here's something to think about thousands hundreds of thousands of people go missing every year yeah the fbi doesn't come out for any of those that's a good point why her why her i bet mommy and daddy were rich and had connections i thought that too yeah because yeah they probably had money i mean she went to college this one intrigues me the most is the disappearance of James Tedford on December 1st, 1949, which was exactly trust years three for you common folk since Paula disappeared. And although the case of James is a little bit different, he didn't disappear in the woods or nothing. As far as we know, it's still pretty fucking crazy. He was a veteran of the Second World War. And in 1949, he was, re- he was returning to the sol- to his home in Bennington after a visit with some family in South Albans. So St. Albans. St. Albans. What did you say in the first one? 
St. Albans? No, it's not the way you said it. I'm pretty sure I said uh, St. Albans. Drew visit with some family in South Albans. Drew visit with some family in South Albans. So Tedford was traveling by a public bus and was just one of 14 passengers that were on board of the bus. And they left the bus left St. Albans. When the bus arrived in Bennington, he was not on board the bus. However, his luggage was still on the rack that was attached to the bus. And his personal effects, including an unfolded timetable, remained in his seat, which was on the what bus. What is that? I don't know. What the f- what is a fucking timetable? I tried to look at <laughs> It's probably like a like a day planner thing. Oh, back then. okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, it remained in his seat, which was on the bus, and it appeared that Teffer had just gotten out of his place and disembarked without anyone else noticing. Now, the strange thing was the bus didn't stop anywhere. I wonder if he opened the back door and just duck and rolled. Duck and rolled. I think somebody would have noticed all the extra wind. True. You think somebody would know somebody cracking open a door of a 1940s style bus, wouldn't you? Well, I bet it was hot, so they didn't have air conditioning on the bus back then, so maybe they didn't notice. Hell, the door is probably already open. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling down the road, the bus door slung wide open. Have you ever watched uh, Playmate of the Month with uh, Trevor Moore in it? Mm Mm-mm. (laughs) <laughs> there's a scene when they're on a horse dick impegs bus and it hits a bump and one of the girls goes flying out the window i wonder if that's what happened <laughs> they would have they would have found his body somewhere though because i mean that's a bus route so it's frequently traveled in route <laughs> he did so local authorities were not able to do much apart from question those on the on the bus um, every Paul, every witness said the same thing. You know, Taylor was on there when we got going, and hey, when we stopped, his shit, he was gone. So, how did he disappear? Do you think that maybe these people cannibalized him? Well, that's a, that'd be a lot of blood. Not necessarily. Fourteen people, so thirteen eating a body. Let's say he probably average size fella. Well, this is nineteen forty nine, so maybe. He was like talking trash or something, and somebody just got rid of him, yanked him. He's probably in somebody's uh luggage or something. Maybe it was 13 other people that hated him and were planning on it. Mm. It's like everybody keep your story the same. I don't remember the name of the fellow, but that reminds me of this little town. And there was a big bully in this town. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. They still haven't solved it because everybody hated him so much. <laughs> so apparently they don't know who killed him, but the story is this whole fucking town killed him. <laughs> they can't solve the murder because everybody's like, oh, no, dude. Talk about being hated. <laughs> yeah, but apparently he was terrible to these people, like bullied them and physically assaulted them. Show his picture in the yearbook, most likely to get whacked by the entire town. Farted on the pillows, bare <laughs> ass, pink eye, and shit. <laughs> Second direction. <laughs> you know, every time I go to Tully's, I fart on his pillow, bare ass, and he still hasn't got pink eye. Well, at least you're trying. I'm trying. Because <laughs> I, I take my vitamins. 
<laughs> Any power washes the pillows when you leave. <laughs> it's probably actually Rachel's and she'll end up getting pink eye. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. Sorry. Damn it. Missed my target. <laughs> Unintended. <laughs> Bye, By, bystander pink eye. <laughs> Second hand pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> Second hand pink eye. That's actually possible because I always heard you can get pink eye from looking at somebody's got pink eye. So happy. That's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, that is a conspiracy. I, I would say how's that a conspiracy theory? I think you do your own more. research. Because <laughs> you would have to <laughs> you would have to like tran- you'd have to like be in physical contact with that. You have to be touching on it. <laughs> so anyway, this moves us to um uh, the uh and I always hate no one talking about disappearing disappearances and stuff like that saying the sad one because they're all pretty sad but this is the sad one you know on october 12 1950 the fourth person to vanish was an eight-year-old boy by the name of paul jeffson now with the loss or loss or disappearance of any person like i said it's tragic but this one hits deep as fuck since it was a child now paul's mother mother was a caretaker for the local dump on this day, Paul and his mother jumped in the truck and headed out to where she worked. She had a short errand to run at work. Polly had to, I don't know. What do you do at a dump? Uh, she went and bought rat pellets or something, probably. Get <laughs> them out. Now, she gave him specific instructions. Now, Paul, stay in this fucking truck. You remember those days, right? Yeah. Whenever, yeah. You, whenever your dad take you to the bootleg, you'd be like, don't get out of this fucking truck now. I don't care if it's hot in here. Don't you crack in windows. <laughs> I'm doing business out here. <laughs> Man, when I was growing up, kids in the car was normal. Yeah. And we was not allowed to roll down the windows because I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> a damn rule. I'm afraid that we break it or something. That window only rolls up and down so many times. <laughs> Maybe strangers. Stranger danger. Uh, nobody gave a fuck about stranger danger when we was kids. Bootlegger, <laughs> you did have a little concern about stranger danger. You never know. Shit. When we lived in Florida, I was a baby, and just random people would come and get me for hours at a time, and my parents wouldn't know where I was at, and just hope that they brought me back. <laughs> so even with these strict instructions to stay in the goddamn truck. <laughs> Paul was gone. How could this be? You know, child children don't ignore their parents at all when they give them instructions to stay in the damn truck. I did not because I get my ass whipped. So I bet he didn't. And just like Paula Wed Weldon, Paul wore a bright red jacket and would be very hard to miss among the surrounding forest. Another large scale search ensued, but nobody in the party found anything. Tracker dogs they did in the search effort but to no avail like like the others the child vanished off the face of the earth without a trace Poof. now there's a common theory here too before we get to the last one the two of them that we mentioned they emphasized the wearing red it's rumored that the other ones were wearing red too well what's funny not funny, but what's weird? What's hilarious about these disappearances? 
<laughs> you know, if you're at a dump, dumps are usually um, the perimeter has like fencing and stuff. The 1940-something, though? Probably, because people don't want to lose their... The, how dumps make money is like through usually like compacting cans and and weight and volume and stuff like that. I just so, feel like a dump would have done that before. I feel like there's literally just people throwing shit out. <laughs> well, you have to think that's right after World War II. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they were recycling metals and stuff. But what I was getting at is like there would have been more than just his mom there. Like somebody would have seen the kid walking around especially in a red jacket little red jacket so on october 28th 1958 the fifth and last disappearance occurred on the 16th day after jefferson had jeff jefferson had vanished frida langer was on a family camping trip at the somerset reservoir there was a teacher in high school whose name was frida lay Really? Just like, oh my yeah. god. And in the same department, there was a teacher named Sharon Bush. Wow. So that's real. I, I had to get a contractor this week for that house in Corbin. This guy goes by the name of Bonzo, but I had to get I had to get his real name for the check though. Yeah. For like a cashier's check. And he pauses for a minute and he says. My name is Bob. First name Bob. And then he's like last name is Evans. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would I, I would go I, by Bonzo too. My thing is you guys don't believe we live in a fucking matrix. Those people are probably NPCs with like the like the Frito Lay sharing some bush, Bob Evans. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah they have hard jobs but they're they, bots but they have jobs that they repeat and recycle so npc right it's a possibility yeah anyway, anyway free to langer free to langer they were camping at the somerset reservoir in the bennington woods she and her cousin herbert decided that they would uh take a little hike Less than a quarter mile into the trek, Frida slipped into and slipped and fell into the stream, or so they say. Uh, they weren't far from camp, so Frida's like, oh, "I gotta go back and change. I'm soaking wet, so cold out here." However, she never showed up at the campsite. When, when Herbert returned, he was all in alarm. He's like, "Where in the hell is she at? It's short hike from here to there. I don't know where she went." <laughs> 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 I think this one is probably the least supernatural to me. Like, you know, it's pretty common for people to want to disappear their significant others. What was her cousin? Well, maybe she was going to tell. Now, Frida's disappearance in such a short distance away defied the most explanations. Local authorities launched a series of searches for several weeks. The woods became a source of intense scrutiny. Unfortunately, Frida's corpse was found, and it was already in an advanced state of decay, and the cause of death was undeterminable. 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 
Local authorities still have no idea what happened to Langer during her absence. Now, I don't see how this one really got intertwined with this because it's kind of like the very first one that happened before the whole series of the missing five or whatever because the body was found. Hmm. This is not a disappearance, but a a disappearance, suspicious death that turned into an appearance. Well, the advanced state of decomposition would pretty much eliminate the ability to see what the source of death was unless there was like a fracture to the skull or something. Yeah, back then, anyway, now they can figure all that out. Unfortunately. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now you gotta make it look like an accident. <laughs> gotta get creative nowadays. Yeah, like maybe go for a little walk out to a rock and foot and ass or something off a cliff or something. So, do you think the, the reason people say it's bad luck to wear red in the forest is the same reason that, like, bulls get pissed off at the color red i you know that actually crossed my mind it could be one of those things where like because one of the theories is that could be a wall like a bigfoot type creature that hates red and you know it could be one of those situations where it sees this red and just turns red and de- devours it you know what I, I got a i got a hole in their theory about uh why it would be hard to see somebody in red. You know what kind of trees they got up there? Maple red. trees. You know what their leaves turn in the fall? What color? Purple. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, red. So. Shit. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's interesting that you say that because that's absolutely true. The whole forest would be red. Uh-huh. Sugar maples turn red. Well, I'll be damned. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So there's been logical people's thought logically about it too like well it's just the weather patterns which i think that's bullshit but you know these professionals and mountaineers insist that the reason the folklore about the triangle is easily explained by weather yeah the really the, windy up there <laughs> the wind blew really hard and pulled the kid out of the truck and yeah blew him away and then you know the cougar they're like cougars could have done it um many hikers have reported cougar sightings in the area apparently and the big cat big gold cat stalked them hikers for long distances and may wait for an opportunity to moment to strike issue with that is where's the fucking remains that could have been maybe the first death yeah maybe the first and maybe the last but still yeah but not the last because it was just decomposed body well, he was still within earshot too he was too close to the yeah she he would have heard that happening now it is true that cougars can kill you quick but i mean not without any noise and there would have been blood splatter somewhere you know like because yeah. we all seen that video of the guy that's the cougars following him down that hiking trail oh my gosh that's crazy yeah yeah that's I, what, I, I'm always packing pistol I would have just turned around and been like, shot that fucker in the face. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have picked up something and turn around and been like, let's, let's, let's go. go, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm ever in that situation, I'm, I'm fighting it. Why not? Well, looked- you'd have to, cause it, that guy, he had to walk backwards and he still thought he was going to have to fight it. And the only thing that made it go away was him like advancing upon it. I'd have been like, come here, kitty. Come on. <laughs> if, you, if you ever get attacked by a cougar, I don't know how to properly do it. 
but you got to protect that neck and you got to get your fist down its throat somehow and grab its heart from the inside and rip that son of a bitch out. I was, I mean, <laughs> yeah, protect your neck, but I'd probably just start stroking it off or something. Calm down. <laughs> Watch your neck. <laughs> I did see a video this week of, uh, these guys are just sitting here fishing on the side of a bank. I'm assuming in Alaska and this big old pack of grizzly bears come just casually strolling down the Creek and they just, they sat there completely still and the bears just walked. I mean, probably within 10 feet of them and just kept, and just kept walking down the river. But I also saw a video of the same thing happening, except this bear walks within 10 feet of the fisherman fisherman has a uh, 350 magnum pointed at it <laughs> and he says you don't want to die today <laughs> and, and the bear turns around and walks off <laughs> you know people talk about being approached by bears and being scared to death my fear if i was ever in an area that had them would be running into a fucking moose yeah yeah, if you, if you didn't, even if you had a 350 Magnum, if you didn't hit it in the right spot, you're still dead. Oh, those, yeah. th- those things are like hyper aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking huge. Like, I didn't realize how huge they was till like this year. Like, yeah, they're bigger, bigger than an elk. Yeah. Well, they're bigger than most vehicles. Like, they're bigger than a fucking van. <laughs> they're huge, man. Yeah. We might be able to get two in this room, maybe. I don't know, man. I probably not. It. Probably one. If that, and then be current. There's not many animals that are that dangerous after you start shooting. You know what I mean? Like, but that's one of them that if you don't, if you're not. That first far, count. Yeah. If you're not far enough away to shoot it multiple times, you better hit it in the exact right spot. Yeah. And that's a good segue into the Barrington monster. <laughs> because another theory is that um, it's a Barrington monster, but that's basically what we was talking about a minute ago. It's like a Bigfoot. One story indicates that a driver of a stagecoach and his passengers reported a sighting of a hairy beast in the early 1800s in the same area. And it came a sudden downpour and caused them to pull the coach over. As the road had already washed out, they had no ways to go forward. While they waited for the rain to stop, the driver noticed enormous footprints in the mud. And when you asked one of the passengers what he thought it was or whatever, they saw they said they saw a large hairy creature that had no footwear. No footwear. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wearing no shoes. He didn't have on no Adidas. No, nope, no Adidas at all. So then they so they said it's bipedal. Yeah, and apparently the beast then busted out of nowhere and pushed a fucking coach right over and ran into the woods. So it sounds like a dickhead. Like, yeah, I got you. (laughs) You know, I have a a stupid question. Of course. (laughs) So why, like when you think about moose. Meese. Why? do they stay segregated to Alaska and like the North like that? Like, why don't they migrate into temperate climates like ours? More wilderness. 
I guess. Well, type, plenty of, of, type of vegetation they yeah. eat. You know, there used to be wolves all over America until we killed them all. I just, like, it, it baffles me sometimes that animals still, like that. There was wolves in this area. They they repopulated it. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Me and Tully seen one one day going to work. It was against it was against snow. Yeah. The thing was massive. It was huge, man. And the the fucking parkway was covered in snow. It was already scary as hell. And then we was like, oh cool, wolf. <laughs> Did you see that wolf? <laughs> And then I think we end up just we're like, hey, fuck work, let's go home. <laughs> or, or it could have been that they sent us home early. It could have been that too. I think we were coming back to Manchester, going down one of them big hills. Yeah. Another one I like is the tell of a wild man. So apparently this has been part of Bend and folklore, and it started in 1892. A man working a sawmill in Glastonbury hit another man over the head with a rock and killed the other man. The authorities caught the killer and put him in an insane asylum, kind of like the Joker. However, he escaped. And rumors spread that the killer had gone into the live in the mountains. When he went into the mountains to live, he became a hairy, deranged, wild man. And some stories say he would at times travel down from the wilderness and expose himself to the women in, ben- <laughs> in Bennington and Glastonbury towns. Most historians doubt that the wild man McDowell could be responsible for the disappearances. By the mid-1900s, he would have been much a much older man, apparently. Nonetheless, though, it could have definitely been this wild man. Because, I mean, he's living off the land. He's probably in pretty good shape. I think that it would be extremely difficult, especially in that last scenario, to take someone out without making noise or leaving a blood trail. He would have been too old. Yeah. Now, there's one that's uh, pretty interesting. It's about man-eating stone. A man-eating stone. And this is a Native American legend um, that told of a man-eating stone. If someone happened to step on the stone, it would open up and swallow the person. Not surprisingly, some commenters on a blog post say that there are sinkholes stone about the mountains, which may explain the legend. That could be it, but wouldn't they not find the fucking sinkhole? Yeah. I think that it's more possible that these rocks are opening up and eating these people. I saw a video of a mountain opening up this week. But I, I think it was a secret base. I've seen that too. Um, that tripped me. That tripped my shit. Uh, well, you think about like, <laughs> like, um, not Area 51, but the place that's close to Area 51 that's built in the mountain. Yeah. I guarantee park. they have something like that. Yeah. Now, there's also a curse link to it too, which is. Out of all these, this is one I found the most likely, as you can see in my notes. <laughs> uh, Native American tribes hold the belief that a curse overshadows the surrounding woods with angry spirits that dwelled in the fir- forest. And the tribes stayed away from the area, apparently. The only nope. exception was when they finally buried their dead. That could be open to interpretation there's something we haven't talked about is uh aliens aliens abductions 
was this post the founding of National Forest? Because I know that uh, Theodore Roosevelt opened the National Forest, and then I yeah, forget that was the, way after Theodore Roosevelt. And then there was a president that actually signed the agreement with aliens, which is leading to the four one one, where they could come and take people to experiment on. Which president was that? I think that was no. that would have been a long t- that, that probably about the fifties. So probably about this time, Eisenhower. Eisenhower, yeah, he's the one that signed the agreement with the aliens. Like, don't if you want to take people, take them from these areas. So it could have been. When was Eisenhower president? We got the intranet here. Uh, he was president, nineteen fifty four. Well, that would have been after it, wouldn't it? I think. Well, but that doesn't mean that they weren't. See how how good my memory is on that. Maybe they were just like, you can't keep picking people off randomly. Like, you can only choose these places. Who was president? What the hell? Why do I have to go to a list? Why don't you just pull it up for me? (laughs) This is bullshit. Uh, Let's see. Eisenhower was president. 53 to 61, so maybe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Truman was president before then. Truman's the one that dropped the bomb. Yep. Twice, motherfucker. Two times. Old Eisenhower, he's president before the JFK got in there. Man, looking through this list of these old presidents, I like the ones with the beards. (laughs) some good beards i'm a big fan of teddy roosevelt now taft was piece shit but he had a nice mustache teddy roosevelt uh dug at oak island what he dug dug in that money pit at oak island he's he's one of the people that got that started oh cool huh like the curse of oak island didn't know that i never even heard of this president benjamin harris he had a nice little goatee garfield had a dope beard so garfield got shot he was one he was one of the ones that got assassinated yeah ulysses just had a clean cut beard <laughs> all right let's go off the beards <laughs> that's what she said that is what she said good job good job you want to hear my crazy conspiracy theory about all this let's hear it it's time for so. Uncle Dave's crazy conspiracies. So, if you notice, when I looked up Bennington Triangle, of course, there's a lot of things that are called triangles, like uh, the Bermuda Triangle is one of the most famous one. But there's what, like nine or ten, that are called the So and So Triangle. Yeah, and it's always about disappearances. So what is shaped like a triangle? A pyramid. A pyramid is also used like you'd see that on the dollar bill on the back with the all-seeing eye and the Masons use that. I think this is all aliens and the reptilians. These these areas are hunting zones for them. For like the Illuminati. For the Illuminati. Illuminati. That's That's why they call them triangles. I think it's aliens too, but so... I, I would tend to agree with you. Plus, if you look at that Leyline map, there's a big cross section in the northeast. Exactly. Mm. Interesting. And, you know, it's just like just like the movie Predator. You know, they've got certain areas they hunt. 
Very well could be. And that they designate them triangles. I'm usually on board with these crazy conspiracy theories, but I'm more inclined to believe that these rocks are eating people. <laughs> you want to you want to believe it's the rocks. I do want to believe it's the rocks. Uh, the one about it's the wind, bro. Like that'd be like going to Red River Gorge and like somebody just randomly disappearing at the pizza shack and everybody like, man, you know the wind gets pretty bad on these hiking trails, bro. <laughs> Uh, like in, yeah, in, I don't. In. <laughs> oh, <shit>. Fucking hipsters. <laughs> like when your when your explanation to five deaths is the wind. The wind. The fucking wind. It's the fucking wind, man. It's the fucking wind, man. As I sit there eating fucking tofu. <laughs> You got an all wheat toast. I only eat all wheat toast. Um, thank you for tuning in to another brilliant fucking episode of Wearing the Folk. Um, check out our friends over at Weird Weird Realities, Hadley, yeah, Alan, um, all them authors. They got podcasts. Watching Weird's probably one of my favorite podcasts. And links to all of our affiliates in the description. And links to all the affiliates in the description below. Um, good buddy of the podcast, so Wolfman Curry, has released some new music. You can go check him out. The guest last week has a book com- coming out. As soon as we figure out the name and stuff of it, um, we'll put put that out there on the Twitter. Absolutely. And you know where you can find us? Uh, Twitter, BitChute, Anchor.fm. And of course, Anchor Lady like Spotify and all that good shit. And um, we still have a YouTube channel, but it's always like two or three weeks behind. And all that's at Wearing the Folk. And if you want to be a guest on Wearing the Folk, reach out to us through our Twitter um, because you're more likely to get a response. Or you can email us at bipolar underscore teddy. And thank you for watching us because we're watching you. <laughs>